0: Hello everyone, I am back after quite a long while and uh, in this podcast I will be reading out a chapter from a book which is called Death Under the Devathurs, The Adventures of Miss Ripley Bean by Ruskin Bond. The name of the chapter is Born Evil. It's around 30 am right now, it's 5th of January 2021. I am beginning the chapter. Can someone be born evil? Asked Mr. Lobo, handing Miss Ripley Bean a glass of nibubani as they sat on the sunny veranda lounge of the Royal. Be totally evil, that is, from birth through manhood and into old age. Someone without a conscience. Someone who inflicts cruelty without a qualm who cares a damn for what the world would think of him someone like Hitler perhaps Hitler was vegetarian said Miss Ripley Bean helping herself to a cracker and giving it to her Tibetan terrier fluff who gobbled it up A notice in the hotel lobby said no dogs allowed but this was blissful sorry this was blissfully ignored by Miss Ripley Bean. After all, Fluff was no ordinary dog. What has that to do with it? Asked Mr Lobo, curious, being a vegetarian. Well, presumably, he was kind to animals. Didn't approve of killing and eating them. But of course, he hated Jews and Russians and gypsies and black people. And killed them without compunction or had his lackeys do the job for him. He thought that was his duty, or rather, his policy, and he was driven by hatred, don't forget that. So would you say he was born evil? I think the evil grew in him, said Miss Ripley Bean, giving Fluff another cracker. The plate of cracker would soon be empty. Neither Miss Ripley Bean nor Mr. Lobo were hotel guests. Miss Ripley Bean's father had sold the hotel to Nandu's father at the time of independence on condition that she, May Ripley Bean, could continue to live there for the rest of their, her days. He had died shortly afterwards, and Mr. Lobo was the hotel paying, pianist. He had been there for a couple of years. Every evening he would sit at the piano in the lounge strumming out old favourites of popular film tunes for the benefits of the dwindling clientele. In the late 1960s, hill stations were going through a slump. The classier hotels like the Royal were feeling the pinch. Miss Ripley Bean and Mr Lobo had struck up a quaint friendship. She had she was almost 70 and he was just 40. Neither had ever been being married. Mr. Lobo enjoyed listening to Miss Ripley Bean's Tales of Old Missouri and the Dune Valley, and she enjoyed listening to him play Viennese waltz and romantic ballads from old movies. Miss Ripley Bean had been quite a movie buff, once a fan of Eddie Cantor, Al Johnson, Fred Astaire, Nelson Eddy, and of, of course Greta Garbo. that had been back in the 30s or 40s, when the cinemas had been flooded with Hollywood's bests. But over the years, her eyesight was deteriorated, and now, unless she sat in front row with the rickshaw boys and shop assistant, she couldn't see very much. Also she couldn't take Fluff into a cinema hall. He might want to pee on people's legs. I have never known anyone who was completely evil. Said Mr. Lobo reflectively. Even Hitler had, her, had his softer side. He could love Eva Brown and die beside her. Have you known anyone who was completely evil, born evil, evil to the end of his days? Evil is an abbreviation of personality, often ingrained in the mind at birth, said Mr. P.B. You mean it's in the genes? It can't be helped? I'm not sure. I knew a couple who were both very good people and yet they had a son who took to crime like a duck to water. It could go far back in early forebears, that propensity of crime. Quite possibly. You see, this young man or other boy, as he was when I knew him, had the most charming and innocent looking face that you could imagine. It was almost angelic. Everyone fell for him. Old ladies, young women, strict headmasters, preppy old colonels, old boys, younger boys, schoolgirls, and he smiled at everyone, was oh so polite and well mannered. But he hated all of them. He hated everyone. But why? Was there was there any reason for it? None at all. He was just made that way. The rest of humanity meant absolutely nothing to him. They were just his playthings, his toys. He played with them and then threw them away. But not before damaging them a little sometimes, more than a little. And who was the paragon of evil? You seem to have known him well. Miss Ripley Bean gave Fluff another cracker. Young Alexander. Yes, I knew him. But I did not really know him. No one did. In a way, he lived in a world of his own making. He made things happen. Like dropping off a lightened match on a petrol tank of a motorcycle and watching it go up in flames. Or firing Diwali rockets through the open window of the headmaster's bedroom and destroying all the bed linen. He must have bean crackers," said Mr. Lowe. Yes, but not this sort of cracker," said Mr. Ripley Bean, slipped another oil cracker to Fluff, who accepted graciously. He was cracked in the head all right, but in an evil way, like Emperor Nero, who loved to watch his slaves being torn apart by lions. It was fire that exi- exists, excited Alexander. Conflagrations. If he heard that, <coughs> sorry, if he heard that there was a building on fire in Mussoorie or Dehradun or wherever his family happened to be staying, he'd rush to watch. Sometimes he'd pretend to have the firefighters get involved in what was happening, but it was spreading fire that he really enjoyed, and the screams of people who were trapped inside or running about on the roof or jumping from windows. There was a big fire at Green's Hotel back in the late 40s. The ballroom went up in flames. Alexander was just a boy, home from school. His family lived in one of the wings of the hotel. Out front was a ballroom that had come up during the war. American and British soldiers would come over in the evenings. There was a recreation center for Allied soldiers. And dance with the Anglo-Indian girls. They were great dancers, those girls, and so pretty. Fights broke out over them. Of course, the American had more money to spend and that was the part of the trouble. Alexander was 14 at that time. Too young to be familiar with that lot, but he liked listening to the bandy, Jim Cotton and the band. They came up from the Imperial in Delhi just to play at greens. No one knows how the fire started and on—sorry—and no one believed Alexander had anything to do it. He looked so charming, so cute, just sitting there behind the band, his eyes sparkling into excitement as he taped his feet onto a tongue tango or swayed to the rhythms of the Roomba. The air was full of cigarette smoke, so at first no one noticed the smoke rising from an accolade near the bar. Had someone thrown a light cigarette onto the rug? Very careless but common enough at these dance parties. Rugs were always being ruined. Only this time the rug was already soaked in kerosene, a spill from an oil lamp, probably. And in no time at all the rug caught fire and the ballroom was full of smoke. Fire! Fire! It was Alexander shouting and sure enough, the curtains were on fire. and The dancing stopped and the band stopped playing. Yes, the dancing had stopped. But now Alexander was dancing, doing a tap dance of his own, as he grew more and more excited. There was panic in the ballroom. Girls, soldiers, musicians, waiters, everyone rushed for the exit. There was only one exit, and it... meal two of the girls fell on the ground and were crushed to death. By the time a fire engine arrived, the flames were out of control. Young Alexander made a big show of helping the firefighters, giving instructions, directing the water hoses, dashing about with the fire extinguisher. Oh, he was quite the hero. Later, everyone commended him for his efforts. It was all an act of course. No one had an idea that he was the real culprit. Diabolical, said Mr. Lobo. Exactly. The face of an angel and the mind of a devil. You know, the world is full of criminals and many end up behind bars so that society is protected from them. But they are, for the most part, ordinary people. People like you and me who have transgressed Cross the line of decency given in to their animal instincts or come to human greed and pay the price for it but alexander was consistently evil he went from one brazen act of evil to another and got away with it time after time what happened next